0: our scripture text this morning comes from the gospel of mark chapter 1 verses 14 through 20. listen for a word from god now after john was arrested jesus came to galilee proclaiming the good news of god and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god has come near repent and believe in the good news as jesus passed along the sea of galilee he saw simon and his brother andrew casting a net into the sea for they were fishers And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in their boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Gracious God, thank you for your word. I pray that you would open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our minds to the message you have for us today. Amen. My first week of seminary, the president of the seminary, Dr. Craig Barnes, delivered a sort of welcome sermon to the incoming class. And I remember very vividly him saying, you are going to change over the course of these three years. You are going to change in ways that you don't even know about. You might change theologically, intellectually, spiritually. You're definitely going to change personally. You can't even imagine the ways that you might change. Some of you are going to lose loved ones over the course of your time here. Some of you might find or lose love. Some of you might have a child. Some of you might change your mind about opinions that you were sure you were never going to change your mind about. No matter what, you will change. So I went to seminary in my early 30s, and I had a little bit of life experience under my belt. There were about a third of the incoming class came straight from undergrads, so they were, you know, 22, 23, young, and then the rest of us were sort of spread out over the the other age ranges. And I remember when President Barnes was speaking these words, I was looking at all of the 20-somethings and thinking, yeah, listen up, you guys are going to change a lot. (laughs) Me, probably not so much. I am wise and established and in my 30s now, and I know the path that I am on. My family's stable, I know what I believe, I have already had ministry experience and done a lot of study, so I don't think I'm actually going to change a whole lot. Change, President Barnes said, is inevitable. And he said, you know, if we look at scripture, we can see that God works when people are on the move, that God disrupts and causes change many times and encourages people to move, both physically and otherwise. Just think about all of the stories in scripture that have to do with people moving. There's Abraham and Sarah who are sent on this long journey to create a new home in a new land. There's a story of a conversion of Paul meeting Jesus as he travels on a road to Damascus. There's a story of Moses leading the people on a long, winding journey in the wilderness. There's even parable stories about movement between Jerusalem and Jericho and a good Samaritan. Jesus is always on the move. People are going, going, going. God meets us in transformational ways and spaces when we are on the move. And we see some of this in this text of the calling of the first disciples. Two sets of brothers are fishing, they're living their normal lives, they're doing what they have always done, and suddenly their lives are disrupted at the call of Jesus. He says, Come and follow me. And it says, Both sets of brothers immediately left. But, not everybody left in this story. Father Zebedee, it says, was left in the boat. Now, some preachers condemn Father Zebedee for this, and they say, oh, he was not saved, and he was too lazy to get out of the boat. He did not go and provide the the life that Jesus had offered by following him. He missed out. These preachers often put him in the same camp with the rich young ruler, the one who came to Jesus and said, what must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus said, sell all your possessions and follow me. And the man walked away sad because he was not willing to do that. I don't know if that's fair for Father Zebedee. There's so many details that we don't know. And I like to imagine about him a little bit. For one thing, in this text, the way that Mark tells this story, it doesn't sound like Jesus actually called out to Father Zebedee. It sounds like Jesus spoke to James and John in particular and said, you come follow me, and Father Zebedee was just left behind. Whatever the call or the response of Father Zebedee, we know that his life was changed by this action. The road of the twelve disciples was not for everyone, but that doesn't mean Father Zebedee wasn't on his own road of change and belief. Now the lives of these four fishermen were about to change dramatically. In the next three years they would follow jesus and they would hear his teachings and they would participate in a lot of the work and they would go all the way to the foot of the cross with jesus think of all that came to them in those three years we don't know any more about father zebedee but no matter what we know that his life changed too He was in business with his sons, fishing quite successfully it seems because they had enough to have other hired helpers with them and we know that after his sons left, they likely didn't come back to pick up the business. So there would have been financial implications for him, social implications, relational dynamic implications and we are reminded that transformation by God has a ripple effect and changes even those who don't follow directly. It turns out that change is inevitable. Change happens whether we move geographically or not. Inner movement is always happening and things change in our relationships, our perspectives, our jobs, our churches, our loved ones. So it makes me wonder how Father Zebedee was changed. Perhaps he resented Jesus for taking his sons away, and he never truly believed in the message that Jesus came with. Maybe, though, he was cheering his sons on, and maybe he even provided food and financial support for them as they kept following Jesus. Maybe Father Zebedee was fulfilling his call to follow Jesus in a different way. You know, behind the scenes, ministry is still ministry. A few weeks ago, Garrett preached on the story of Martha and Mary, where Martha is busy working and preparing the home, and Mary comes and sits at the feet of Jesus. And she is praised for doing this, for putting her attention where it belongs, and I think that message is so important. But I have to admit, I always get a little defensive for poor Martha. I am a doer and a worker, and so I always think, well... But if Martha wasn't preparing the food and creating the space, there wouldn't have been a place for Mary to sit. Behind-the-scenes ministry is so important, and so many of you are involved in it, running the sound and the video for us, putting cookies on platters, preparing spaces for us so that we can do ministry, and that is still ministry. Like all things, I think it is a balance, and I think we have to remind ourselves where our attention should be, But also, I want us to hold on to the truth that calling looks different for everyone, and sometimes we get to do the big, fancy-sounding following jobs, and sometimes we still have a place and have a job in the -the behind-the-scenes work. We don't know exactly what Father Zebedee's ministry was or what his thoughts were about Jesus, but I like to imagine that he was still living out some kind of call. You are called to follow Jesus. Maybe that has meant in your life or will mean in the future that you will move to a new place geographically. Maybe it will mean that you will move in your mind or in your relationships. Maybe that just means that you are open to or willing to be open to changing your opinions, changes in your church, changing some of your habits. You know, Garrett and I have shared before that the main thing that drew us to Fort Street when we were looking for a pastoral job was that as you all discerned what you wanted in a pastor or pastors you named, we need to change. We don't know exactly what that looks like, but we would like leaders that can help us figure it out. That was such a beautiful truth that most churches are not willing to say. When you're searching for jobs as a pastor, you read all of these ministry information sheets that the churches read, and they all start to sound the same after a while. We want to attract young people. We want to grow. We want to thrive. We want to help others. We want to learn. But Fort Street, you all said we need to change. We know that God will meet us in change. We don't know what it looks like, but maybe we could work on that together. And Garrett and I thought, wow, here's a church that's saying it. doesn't mean it's easy, but this is where we want to be. Change is so hard, but we see over and over in scripture and in our own lives that God meets us as we move and as we change because we're disrupted enough to acknowledge that we are not God and that we need help. Those three years of seminary, nearly everything on President Barnes' list came true in my own life. I was changed, I was disrupted, and my life completely turned upside down. I had very close people in my life die very unexpectedly, one in my arms. I also met someone who disrupted the glorious independence of my life and ended up marrying me and fathering my child. (laughs) I changed my vocational plan from PhD coursework in practical theology to pastoral ministry. My life totally changed. God is in the business of transforming us and keeping us on the move both inside and out. I think sometimes it's even harder to stay in the same place geographically and allow or even cultivate interchange. But that's what we're called to. President Barnes put it this way Every change presents you with a choice. Will you allow the inevitable changes in life to transform you? Or will you waste your life as a victim trying to cling to what you cannot keep? Will you believe that the one who began a good work in you is not done because the Savior has so much more to show you about you down the road? He reminds us that Jesus himself was always on the move. So when we are called... As disciples, as fishers of people, to follow Jesus, it means we're not going to any one destination or landing place or settling down, period. We are called to follow the one who moves. And if we're called to follow the one that moves, we can share about that transformation with each others, and that is how we catch them, not with hooks, Not with nets, but with the testimony of what it means to be transformed by a God that's with us, even in disruption. How will you be open to that change inside and out? Would you pray with me? Gracious God, you are always on the move and you call us to follow you. Help us then to be people who can put one foot in front of the other and be on the lookout for your spirit. In the name of Christ we pray, amen.